if you have if you have kids who like to play video games as I do, you might have one saying, "When, when am I going to get my hands on one of those new consoles?" Because you told me I couldn't have one for Christmas because they're all sold out, and now Christmas is over. My birthday is coming up. Can I get one? And the answer, of course, is no. You still can't get one because there's none available. My next guest is known as the video game prof, Professor Christopher Anderson from Ryerson University. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thank you kindly for having me. Uh, just a slight correction. And I don't know what it is about radio. It's Alexander and not Anderson. But oh, my gosh. My, 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 my apologies. Uh, um, at least I can get your name right. But uh, how about uh, let's get to the video games. And what do you make of what's going on with Roblox and the valuation there? Well, um, as usual, uh, many of the things that are happening in the video game sphere right now are based around the video games community. And I think what you're seeing with Roblox specifically is that this is a gem that has recently been uncovered as a result of the pandemic. There are people playing games in Roblox, but also there are people creating games. And with that creation comes the discovery of, you guessed it, pedagogy and education. So I would submit that part of the excitement, part of the valuation, comes from people's ability to see that superpower within that particular franchise. Right, because Roblox is, for those who don't know, it, I mean, it's kind of a, what would you, how would you describe it? It's almost... I always get it confused with Minecraft as if it's as much of a you know digital Lego. This is more of a platform where you can create your own games within Roblox. That's correct. You can make games, you can shape games, you can share games, and it's like a community of game makers and players that come together with varying strengths. I also mentioned in my preamble that you can't get your hands on a PS5 right now. What is going on? Why is there still such a shortage in consoles? Well, I had this question before about the uh, PlayStation 5, and in fact, there's a historical reputation of Sony outside of the PlayStation 1 having a limited supply, and the PlayStation 5 is no different. Uh, I was reading things about semiconductor shortages, uh, the alloys and the materials used in the chipset and the graphics card being limited. Uh, so these might be lending towards that, but if you look back in time at history, every console, PlayStation 2, they had the uh, sophisticated mechanics, Part. They also, with the PlayStation 3, had the shortage of Blu-ray lasers. With the PlayStation 4, it was similar in kind with the microprocessor. So now we're seeing that shortage has resurrected, except now it's magnified because of the pandemic. And more people are like, I want to get it. I want to get it. <laughs> and I mean, this is where I struggle is, you know, with the pandemic. And, and obviously kids can't go out. They can't get together. So their whole world has moved online. And whether that's Animal Crossing or whether it's Fortnite, um, it's not only the kids that have moved online, but, you know, adults as well. And wh what has that done to the industry? I I'm just going to assume that it has just absolutely um, put a, a shot of adrenaline into it in terms of the amount of capital that is flowing in uh, to the industry overall. Yeah, so there has been an increase in gameplay of 75% as of March of last year, and uh, that has done quite a bit for revenue. Uh, shooting up exponentially, but what you're also seeing is a shift towards more multiplayer slash community-based games and experiences. And that's not just happening with grown-ups, but also with the kids as well. And so a lot of that has to do with, wait a second, more people are together, 
more people might be spending money. Oh, it's, it's a quest for eye time now and screen time now. So that's why you're seeing this influx of, I guess, money and attention because it's where is the attention at right now for the consumers? And it's connecting with friends and family. You had mentioned Animal Crossing. We spoke about that last time, virtual fishing. These types of things bring people together. So now there's a quest to find out where the next big thing is going to be for community engagement. What do you see the next big thing in gaming to be? What am I seeing or what am I hoping? <laughs> Let's start with hope. Okay, what I'm hoping for is insight into the future of academia via interactivity. What do I mean? Video games hold the keys for active engagement. There's a reason why people are gaming for so long. What is going to happen once this gets ported into classroom instruction, you're going to see, which you're already seeing in, in titles like Roblox, you're seeing an increase in excitement for engaging with the creation of things. And that's going to lead to coding. That's going to lead to baking. That's going to lead to fishing. All the different things that we're learning about inside of these spaces is going to lead to new world development. So you're seeing a, a, a huge upside on the educational front. You think there's a disruption there? If you think about you know, the traditional model of post-secondary, a lot of people are saying, look, that's broken out of the pandemic. And you know, if you, you gamify almost education, if, if, you, if you, you know, increase interactivity, that is going to, I mean, that might have an impact on Ryerson University, Professor. Well, I would argue that it already is. Um, previously, I was streaming some of my lectures on Twitch, and students in real time are allowed to engage with me as a professor like they do their Twitch streamers. And with regard to how education is already shifting, you talk about Zoom fatigue, and really we're talking about dopamine. When somebody is afforded the opportunity to talk live on top of my screen in my classrooms, for example, and now you class, I'm hearing in some classrooms teachers are preventing their students from engaging the way that they would in Roblox or any other YouTube or Twitch streamer, then you'll see that actually it's not necessarily just Zoom fatigue as much as it is engage, lack of engagement fatigue. So when we talk about video games shifting academia for the positive, where this investment is eventually going to end up, in my view, you're seeing that it's going to be a situation where if you focus on things outside of playing, there's a lot of information there with regard to engagement, with regard to time spent, with regard to text size, with regard to amount of text. So, yeah, that's, that's where I see it. I, I did the hope thing. Do you want me to do the other one? Or? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. After we've done Blue Sky, what are you seeing in terms of trends? So where customers are spending the most time slash money is where the industry is going to drive from that side of things. But the moment that we have that crossover in terms of, which you kind of do, a lot of video games are positioning themselves as portals for engagement for the future. You're seeing that uh, already with Fortnite and the concerts that they've had in there. Um, I'm hoping that I get a chance to do a lecture inside of Fortnite. And when that happens and we look at those engagement numbers, then maybe, you know, so um, mm. that's what I think it's going to go in that direction. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just I'm I'm hoping you do a lecture alongside a Travis Scott concert. Oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-one million people for an eight-minute wow, that would be incredible. Yeah, because <laughs> Travis Scott, of course, and and other artists too have have done uh, releases and all kinds of things on Fortnite. Can we just briefly talk about esports? Um, there has been uh, some talk that, especially you know, with real sports being curtailed or at least you know changed in in many ways with no fans that that the uh the speed of esports is going to pick up and that esports overall will pretty quickly um the valuation will be more than traditional sports 
Well, there's always going to be value in people sitting next to each other and getting excited. Let's just get that out of the way. However, with esports, you have an additional affordance of that 1% of the population that can kick a football across a field. And I'm not one of those humans. Let's make that very clear. I'm not one of those humans. <laughs> I, I did do fairly well in two video games, and that is possible for more people. That in and of itself is driving more numbers towards things like League of Legends because people can see themselves as players in the space. I wish I could kick a football, but I just it's just not it's not me. Well, I mean, all the luck to you in Madden going forward, then, uh, or whatever. I don't even know what video, what what football games they play anymore online. I'm sure there's a Ro- I'm sure there's a Roblox video game with terrible graphics. Everything's super, you know, blocky in it, and in that you can kick a football as far as you want. Absolutely, and if not because of hearing you, Alan, they're going to get into it right now. That's right. Get on. Get get that downloaded. Professor Christopher Alexander from Ryerson University, always appreciate you coming on. Please take care. You too. Take good care. Thanks for having me. Well, how about that? How's about? Uh, now, are you a gamer? Do you do you say to yourself? You're saying to yourself, Alan, uh, I don't know what you. T- I don't. First of all, a large portion of what you just talked about was in Greek. Uh, I don't understand the Roblox. I don't understand the Fortnite. I don't. Under- I don't understand any of it. And here's here's the thing. I don't know if I understand it either because I've tried playing a bunch of those games and I don't get it. I just do not get Minecraft. I do not get, I can't under, like I understand Fortnite, but it gives me a seizure. You know, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a Donkey Kong guy. I'm, you know, Galactica. Now that's me. I'm a, you know, Pac, it's Pac-Man all day long. Give me a roll of quarters. That's my world. But that's not what's going on. And if you if you want to understand where we are headed in terms of finance, I mean the stock market is being driven in many ways by not in many ways entirely by tech, and much of that is gaming. And I think you're gonna to have to understand how gaming works and how our children are using it, and the potential, the upside, as we heard from the prof, the upside in terms of learning. I mean, you know, I I think I would have done better in calculus if, you know, you know, trying to save Zelda had, you know, some sort of functions and relations in it. I think it would have been better. Maybe I would have done better in math and maybe I wouldn't have ended up a journalist, which is, you know, basically where everybody goes who can't count, isn't a journalist. 